Attention, citizens of Perfectville, our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Go take a look at what the Miami Dolphins are on those futures, ladies and gentlemen. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, 50-5-0. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, part of the Believe Network. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about the good doctor himself, Dr. Christopher Colon. The good doctor is not with us on this episode. He is out traversing the nation with his son, Zachary Thomas, and his lovely wife, Charlotte Colon. Uh, They're out on assignment yet again, which is code for Zach Thomas is killing it on the rugby field, winning championships for the... uh, Good old US of A or something like that. But anyway, he's not here. That's the point. But that's okay. We've got a great guest coming up here on the show. Mr. Nolan Carroll, the returning champion himself, former defensive back, former special teams ace for the Miami Dolphins. I sat down and talked to him. And Nolan is just an amazing guest, the most interesting man in the world. We talked everything from today's uh, team here in 2022 to back when he played. Got his thoughts on a bunch of different topics, including... A fun little game we like to play, the Nolan Carroll game. We'll see how much Nolan Carroll knows about Nolan Carroll's playing days. Uh, not sure if he's uh, up to speed on all of his own stats or not, but we will find out when we sit down with Nolan Carroll in just a little bit. We're heading into the silly season, ladies and gentlemen. Not a lot of news that's going to be coming out of the Miami Dolphins or the NFL in general. OTAs are over. I think we had a pretty successful OTA season under Mike McDaniel in his first Foray as head coach for the Miami Dolphins. Tua looked pretty good. Tyreek looked amazing. Jalen Waddle looked pretty get damn good. River Craycroft, if I'm saying his name correct, uh, sneaky good, sneaky under the radar signing away from the San Francisco 49ers to the Miami Dolphins. A lot of people, myself included, think he may be a dark horse candidate to be that sixth wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins here in 2022. Uh, But again, not a whole lot of news going on. Uh, No injuries, which is great. No arrests, which is even better. Uh, With all the swirling that's going around in the NFL, Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns, as an example, it's good to be the Miami Dolphins right now because it's nothing but positive news. This show has never been more positive or, you know, bullish when it comes to the Miami Dolphins. And it's six years. I'm talking about Perfectville now than we are right now. It seems like we have the right coach. We have the right front office. We seem to have the right personnel. Uh, Everything is trending upwards for the Miami Dolphins right now. And everything's trending up for Welcome to Perfectville. If you haven't seen it yet, we just dropped our first official t-shirt, ladies and gentlemen, citizens of Perfectville, the Cheetah Deuces. Uh, We've already seen some people purchase this. We've seen it rocked on social media. You can get yours at shop.believe.com. You can get your very own and be with the cool kids, ladies and gentlemen, the Cheetah Deuces shirt. 
available in heather gray, black and white from extra small all the way up to 2X. That means you can get it from you should probably eat something sized all the way up to you should probably stop eating something sized. Extra small up to 2XL. You can find it at shop.believe.com. I want to thank Believe, our partners here, our network partners, uh, for helping us out and getting this piece of merchandise out there for the world to see. It's an amazing shirt. I cop one myself. So feel free, help the show out, help Believe out. Help us grow, ladies and gentlemen. Go get yourself the Cheetah Deuces Miami Tea. And with that said, like I said, there's not a whole lot of news coming out of the Miami Dolphins camp or the NFL in general as it pertains to the Miami Dolphins. So that means we're going to get hit with a bunch of stories that really don't make a lot of sense, a bunch of stories that are really just white noise, and we should probably just dismiss them other than to talk about them and listen to them on this show right now. And one of the stories that's come out recently is kind of old news that is now being repurposed as new news. And that is, of course, that the Dolphins were ready to offer Sean Payton the head coaching job for the Miami Dolphins uh, reports are coming out that we offered him a hundred million dollars over four years to coach the Miami Dolphins. Obviously that did not work out. This was part of that story where Tom Brady was going to be part owner and play for the Miami Dolphins as quarterback. Sean Payton was going to be the coach. Uh, apparently the Miami Dolphins were all in Steven Ross and everyone to go get Tom Brady and Sean Payton. I believe this is true. I believe this is something that we explored. I don't know how far down the rabbit hole we got outside of, you know, a what if scenario, um, if we're talking numbers in years in terms of a contract, perhaps it went a little bit further than just that. But I really don't think this is much of a story. I don't think Miami Dolphins fans really care. We're happy with Mike McDaniel. We're pretty positive about Tua Tungavailoa as a whole. This is not anything that needs to even really be reported on right now, other than people trying to cause some shit for the Miami Dolphins. And I don't think it's going to work, quite frankly. I don't think Mike McDaniel cares. He got the gig. I don't think anybody wants to turn around and say, no, hold on, get a Sean Payton instead of Mike McDaniel. I think Sean Payton's a great coach. Don't get me wrong. And if we'd gotten him and Mike McDaniel was never a thing, I'd probably be excited. But I also would like to point out that Sean Payton had a guy named Drew Brees as his quarterback. Very similar to Bill Belichick having a guy named Tom Brady as his quarterback. This is a quarterback-driven league. It's not a head coach-driven league. It's not a running back-driven league. It's certainly not a defensive you know, player league. It is a quarterback league, first, second, third, and fourth. And everything else comes after that. If you have the right quarterback, everybody looks like a genius on the coaching staff and in the front office. That's the bottom line when it comes to the NFL. The league is set up for quarterbacks to be good. If your quarterback is good, your team is good. If your quarterback is bad, your team is bad. It doesn't matter. All the coaching in the world really isn't going to change that or affect that. That's why I'm not worried about the Sean Payton news. Because if Tua Tungavailoa, if the keys to the Tua Tungavailoa box are unlocked by Mike McDaniel, then Mike McDaniel is going to be a great head coach for the Miami Dolphins. And we're not even going to care about this. If Tua Tungavailoa can't get over whatever hump he's on right now, then it doesn't matter if it's Mike McDaniel, Sean Payton, Vince Lombardi, Don Shula, or any other coach that's out there, it ain't going to work. It's a quarterback-driven league, ladies and gentlemen. So don't pay attention to the Sean Payton bullshit that's out there right now. Did we offer him $100 million over four years? Probably. That sounds like a Steven Ross move, if you ask me. But it didn't work out, and we don't have him, and we're moving forward with Mike McDaniel. So don't even worry at all about this. It's just white noise because there's nothing else going on. It's like digging in the sand and trying to find a treasure right now. There's absolutely nothing, no teeth to this whatsoever. Let's move on from the Sean Payton $100 million coaching fiasco.
That never was, by the way. This is a non-story. Nothing ever happened, by the way. Do you guys remember? I don't know if anyone ever remembers this or not, but back when John Gruden was traded from the Oakland Raiders to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, prior, prior to that, the Buccaneers were trying to get Steve Mariucci from the 49ers to be their head coach. That was the initial offer, was actually to get Mooch to come over to the Buccaneers. When that didn't work, they shifted to John Gruden and hardly anybody ever remembers the fact that Mariucci was almost the coach that was traded instead of John Gruden. It worked out just fine for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They went on to win the Super Bowl that year against that very same Oakland Raiders team that John Gruden was coaching just the year prior. Hardly anybody remembers that Steve Mariucci was even a coach of the 49ers, let alone that he was the one that they were coveting and trying to get. So sometimes your first choice isn't the right choice, is I guess what I'm going at right now. I think we're going to be just fine with Mike McDaniel. Moving on to some actual roster news, things that might be worth talking about. Some tangible news here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, The Miami Dolphins last week signed former Cleveland Brown linebacker Porter Gustin, or Justin, I don't know how to say his last name, G-U-S-T-I-N. He spent the last three seasons with the Cleveland Browns, bouncing back and forth between the practice squad and the active roster. I think he's got a total of about 50 tackles, a couple of fumble recoveries. He's sacked the quarterback once in a while. Uh, he's at a USC. The guy is built like a brick shit house. Um, he looks like what a football player would would be if you were to make one up in your mind in terms of his physique. Uh, I believe he went to USC um, and to make move for him, uh, the Miami Dolphins wave defensive back Javaris Davis. Uh, they also released Deshaun Hall, two guys that I don't think were planning on making the team here in 2022. Uh, If they were to make it, they would probably have been practice squad players at best. Not sure if Porter's going to make the team or not, but if there was a weakness on this defense, uh, or at least maybe the weakest spot of this defense, it is in the linebacker slash pass rushing area. Uh, The Miami Dolphins have done um, some moves to try to make that better, and I think this just is right there with it, right? I mean, I don't think this is going to move the needle too much, but if Porter Gustin, let's just call it that, uh, makes the squad, uh, he does look like a psychopath and it's always good to have a linebacker that looks like a psychopath in the Chris Spielman type of era. Uh, Daryl Talley was always a guy that looked crazy as well. Mike Singletary, they got the crazy eyes. So if you uh, look it up and see when he signs his contract, he's kind of got the crazy eyes. You looking at me type face, uh, always good to have a guy who, uh, might make you shit your pants just by looking at a picture of him. So congrats to Port Augustine. Welcome to Perfectville making the squad, at least for now, heading into mini camps and training camp. And goodbye from Perfectville to defensive back Javaris Davis and defensive end Deshaun Hall. Didn't quite cut the mustard for both of you, but we wish you well, unless you go to the Bills, Patriots, or the Jets. Then, uh, no, I, I don't hope you do well at all. I hope you do very, very poorly. Um, as a matter of fact. But anyway, um, that's the news. I can see that my good friend, Nolan Carroll, is here. You guys listen to these commercials, and we'll be back talking to former Miami Dolphins player, Nolan Carroll, right after these words. Did you know that most people are paying too much on their auto loan? Dave used auto loan to refinance his car, replacing his overpriced loan with a cheaper loan and lowering his monthly payment. Now, since he saved with AutoApproved, he's sitting behind the third base dugout instead of the bleachers. That's right. AutoApproved connects vehicle owners with the best available rates to refinance their existing car loans with no markups ever and handles the paperwork, yes, even the DMV, making it simple to save thousands and pay less each month. How, you may ask? By instantly accessing the nation's top lenders to uncover great savings. When you refinance with AutoApproved, 
you get your best rate and more with an advocate that works for you to make sure you get the deal that's right for you. In fact, in 2021, Auto Approve was able to save the customers on average over $150 a month. That's right. That means more money for better seats, better snacks, or that new jersey you deserve. Not only will they save you on your monthly auto payment, but for all of our listeners out there that refinance through Auto Approve, they will send you $100 cash to your mailbox. That's right, $100 cash. So what are you waiting for? Auto loan rates are still historically low. Take your tailgate to the next level when you refinance with Auto Approve. Put more money in your pocket for what matters most. To find out how much you can save and to claim your $100 cashback offer, visit autoapprove.com slash believe. That's autoapprove.com slash B-L-E-A-V. Joining us now in the town of Perfectville is our returning champion, second time on the show, Mr. Nolan Carroll. Nolan, how are you? I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? You know, I'm doing fantastic. Anytime I get a chance to talk to former Dolphins players, it's a good day. Uh, I've never had a bad experience with a Miami Dolphins player. Well, with the exception of one, but we'll save that for another day. Um, but it's good to have you back here because the last time you were on here, we had uh, we, we talked a lot about your career. We talked a lot about um, what special teams meant, which is something that we talk a lot about on this show. And uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on today's Miami Dolphins, the 2022 Miami Dolphins. Uh, You've you been following up with everything that's been going on in uh, – South Beach here? I definitely have. And and I like what I see and I like what I've been hearing. Uh, Coach McDaniel just coming in and just changing the culture of the team and, and changing the outlook of it. It's no longer just the team that's in South Florida. It's now a team that is really looking to compete and win, you know, that, that AFC division, that AFC East. So it's just definitely one of those things where the dynamics have really changed. It's no longer we're just a punching back. You know, it's the one that the, the ceiling is high for this team. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. The last time you you were on the show, you had mentioned that there is uh, kind of a narrative on the national stage about Miami and the team in the franchise. And really, the players aren't taken seriously until really until you left. I mean, like you talked about when you left Miami, and you went to Philadelphia. All of a sudden, these reviews about you were coming out. And you're like, I was the same player in Miami that I am now. But all of a sudden, since I'm in Philly instead of Miami, you know, the narrative has changed. And ever since you said that, Chris, my co-host and myself, we, we've really taken notice of that. And I think you're 100% right, which is why this year seems so odd, because ever since the day Mike McDaniel was hired for the Miami Dolphins, it seems like the national narrative, for the most part, has changed. Now, there's still detractors. There's still people out there that don't believe in Tua or whatever the case may be. But I'm seeing a shift on the national level of people who are now seeming praising the Miami Dolphins where in the past they never did anything like that and I was curious have you seen anything like that are you noticing that from your end because you're the one that put that on our brain and again you were 100% right I just realized that after you had mentioned I was like you're right they do kind of just knock our players for no reason until they leave and go to like the Redskins or something but uh yeah I'm seeing a change on the national level are you experiencing that as well yes Sam I am man because one is every offseason players we don't like to pay attention to too much of the media stuff because I knew for when I was playing in Miami, it was always what was going to go wrong with the Dolphins. Yeah. And we hear it every single year. We're like, man, we're a pretty good team. We we got a great defense. We got some keys on offense, but we'd always have to fight that narrative of being the second tier team behind the Patriots or even being behind the Buffalo Bills or sometimes the Jets, you know. And it was one of those things where we're fighting the media and then we're also trying to compete. And then it's like nitpicking. So that really detracted us a lot. And and you know from 2010 when I was there to about shoot almost till last year it's always been something every offseason during the season where it's it's caused some type of conflict but now 
I haven't heard anything. I haven't really seen anything. I've just heard positive reviews about almost every position, the competition being raised, the outlook on on winning the division, having a chance to go to the playoffs, the different weapons that they brought in. So it's definitely exciting to hear that from, especially me being still a Dolphins fan. I still love the Dolphins. And just to hear that now, it's, it's really exciting. And to get that fan base excited because people don't realize Miami has a very strong fan base when you compare it to other NFL teams. And it's just great to have them really get behind it and, and really support the team. And I, I really think that they'll do great things this year. No, I agree with you. I think the Dolphins fan base is highly underrated. And my theory has always been that any of the teams that were that won the Super Bowl in the 70s, because that's really when, you know, national TV became a thing uh, in most households. Uh, they have that brand recognition and the Miami Dolphins, obviously, of everything they did in 72 and 73, have this worldwide audience, but, you know, actually spread out across the United States. You're right. It's one of those sneaky fan bases that, you know, I'm a part of, obviously, and so are you. That's bigger than I think people give them credit for. I'm curious, uh, you know, with Mike McDaniel, like you talked about the culture and everything that he's, he's shifted down there. One of the big things that we keep seeing and hearing about is the orange jersey. So the player that had the best performance at practice the day before gets to wear the orange jersey the next day, and they're in charge of the music playlist. So there's a little bit of skin in the game that you want to go out there, you want to play hard because you don't want to listen to, let's just say, Christian Wilkins' music. You want to listen to your own music because who knows what that guy's putting on the on the stereo if he's in charge. I mean, did you ever have anything like that when you played either with the Dolphins, Eagles, Cowboys, any of those teams? Did, anybody, did you guys ever do something like that uh, back in your playing days? Yeah, with the Eagles, we did that. You know, it was they wouldn't give us rewards for having a great practice, but they would come up to us and say, hey, what song do you want to hear today? And that was cool because you felt like you you did. You created that atmosphere in practice. And for for them to do that, it, it really shows and exemplifies guys that might be, hey, he could be a free agent coming in, but he's working his butt off. And, you know, coach exemplifies him out of everybody in the group. And people start to take notice now because he's wearing that jersey. And say he's wearing it for two, three days in a row and he's doing really well. That just builds confidence with him. But that also creates a positive outlook on the team. If somebody else, and, and I refer this to special teams, everybody has an important part. And you never know what that really is coming in as a young guy or even being a free agent, just trying to find your role and, and to be able to, to give that reward and, and show people, hey, this guy is doing just as much work as, you know, Xavier Howard. This guy's doing just as much work as Raheem Mostert, Tyreek Hill, Tua. You know, th those things really build up the camaraderie of the team to where they want to see that guy when they want to see him succeed because they know that his individual success helps the team success as well. So I think it's it's a great thing to do. Yeah, we were. I was talking to uh, OJ McDuffie a, a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about he was just talking to a de current defensive player, and they already have their playlist ready. Uh, they haven't had the orange jersey called yet, but they're ready to go. And I was like, man, what a motivator by this coaching staff! These guys are already get, curating their playlists for when they get that orange jersey. They're they're ready to go. So I think it's working. I think it's fantastic. I mean, it's got to translate to wins at some point. Otherwise, it doesn't mean a whole lot. But uh, I think that's the right way to go. And that, again, these little things seem like it's a big culture change for the Miami. Dolphins, which is what they've needed for a very long time. Um, speaking of Christian Wilkins, I was just watching some highlights of his rookie season the other day, and the guy is so much fun. He's always mic'd up. The guy should be mic'd up 24 hours a day, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he seems like a guy that if he's on your team, you love him. But if you're playing against him, he's kind of an annoying little brother. He's always kind of in your ribs a little bit, just talking yeah. all that. And I was curious, you know, back in your playing days, either somebody on the Dolphins or somebody when you were playing against, was there somebody that was just the most annoying person to either go up against or somebody even on your team that you're just like, man, would you shut up for two minutes and let yeah. me play ball? Is there anybody like that that comes to mind when I uh, throw that at you? Uh, on our defense side of the ball, we had two guys. Jimmy Wilson was one. 
Sean Smith was the other. I mean, Sean Smith. I, okay. All right. Yeah, talk a lot. And I liked it because just being in the back end in that room, having those guys talk, cause I wasn't a guy that really liked to talk too much trash. I just like to let my, my actions do the talking, but those guys were just talking when I would hear it. Some of the stuff would be funny. And I would just, they're, they're, this is motivating right here that they're talking smack, getting in the, the opponent's head or getting into our teammates head. And, you know, practice would be fun that way. We, we tried to make it as competitive as we could, you know, just, that hot sun is brutal, man. And, yeah. and your mind off of that, just to really have fun and be around those guys. It was cool. You know, the guys that I played against that I just hated when they talked smack was Steve Smith and, and Des Bryant. Those were the two that they always got under my skin, man. They just <laughs> do it. And those guys just, they, they, they talk, they talk, they talk, but they, they backed it. Well, just one of those things where it, it sucked, but at the same time, I liked it because it also brought the best out of me too. Yeah, Steve Smith, I remember against the Dolphins once, he caught, I think, two or three touchdown passes, and then he was kind of like, his touchdown celebration, he was kind of like laying in the end zone like he was laying in bed or something. I was like, can somebody just go over there and leg drop him like Hulk Hogan, please? Like, just, can you shut him up? That, that makes sense to me. I, Jimmy Wilson doesn't surprise me. I, I've sat down with Jimmy Wilson, and Jimmy Wilson's a funny guy, and Jimmy Wilson, uh, he, he doesn't pull any punches, literally or figuratively, when it comes to uh, his hatred for the Buffalo Bills, which I personally love because the Bills are the team that I hate the most, even more than the Patriots, just growing up in the 90s and Jim Kelly and everybody there. Uh, so that doesn't surprise me. Sean Smith surprised me a little bit. He always seemed like a quiet character, at least from the outside looking in. So, uh, okay. So I'll take your word for it. You're you're in the uh, you're in the, in the in the locker room with them there. So, um, so I am a little bit curious. So you know, looking at this team now, if you're playing, I mean, you 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 still look good. You look like you can go suit up for a couple of games here. You go to practice and you've got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, and you got to line up against either one. Which one are you taking and why? Man. That's a good one. I was freak, honestly. People look at me crazy, but I'm fast too, you know. So, and, and I attribute this, and this is what kind of helped me out. I saw a keep to lead matchup against Tyree Gill, and I started watching because more of those shorter receivers are starting to play on the outside, and and I remember just how he played his technique, and I would play him. I, I just feel like, look, you know, he's going to go deep. I much rather try and protect myself from the vertical stuff, and I'm not meaning just opening the gate and trying to run with him, but really trying to be at the line and. And let him be shifty, trying to mess up that time between him and the quarterback. And I just know, look, if it's going to be a track meet, let's go ahead and just run. Jalen, Jalen's a little bit more tough. He's a little bit bigger, a little bit faster. And that's that's the guys that kind of get me a little bit because I, I feel like, look, he can be physical. And at the same time, he can run away from you. And if he does get that separation, it's kind of hard to take him down after he catches the ball, too. But I'd much rather run with Tyreek and, and keep it more of a finesse game than an actual physical game because I played different types of guys like that. And I like faster guys instead of bigger guys. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man, if Tyreek hears that, he's going to challenge you on Twitter. He's going to challenge you to a, a race. He's going to challenge you to a, to an actual one-on-one -on -one there. And I, you know, I'd pay to see that. I think that'd be a fun matchup to see Tyreek Hill and Nolan Carroll going at it. Uh, Nolan, what are you up to these days? I mean, last time you were on here, you were like the most interesting man in the world. You were, uh, you had your own podcast. You were, you, I think you had like a, uh, like an alcohol that you were running around with. You've got water, you're coaching, you're an athletic director. I think if I'm not mistaken, you just got so much going on. I'm surprised you even got 30 minutes for me right now. Cause you are a busy man. Tell everybody what you're working on these days. Yeah. So I still got the alcohol YOLO rum it's down in South Florida. You can go to local stores that mainly were in Flanagan's Flanagan's and big daddies uh, down there for people that are looking for liquor. Um, still doing that, still doing what I'm at. I'm actually going down South. I'm here in Jacksonville now going down South later on today to have an event. It's like the world's largest tiki party that's in Fort Lauderdale. So oh, nice. 
headlining that. And then I have my, my podcast as well, Conversation with Carol. I'm still doing that. I'm still having fun with it. And I've kind of twisted a little bit more. I've kind of opened up about myself and my life. And especially since I've been coaching at the Jacksonville Athletic Academy, uh, a junior college program that my brother created, and I'm the head coach of it in AD. I'm kind of using that now to to help kids, help parents and motivate them and show them, look, you can be successful. Because a lot of times I'm seeing now is kids, if they don't get an offer, if they don't get a scholarship, they're not getting, they just quit in life. And you have so much more to do. And, you know, 18 doesn't mean your life is over after high school. There's so much more that you're capable of. And, you know, if you do have an opportunity to continue your athletic career, you can come to Jacksonville Athletic Academy and we have NFL coaches. We've got CFL coaches, AFL coaches that have done it before and have taken that junior college route. So we have guys that are relatable that can help these kids become successful. Even if football doesn't work out, there's other things that they can be capable of doing after they've, they've done putting on a helmet. So I just try to stay as much involved as I can within the community and trying to give back as much as I can because I've done it. I've played it. I've played at the highest level. And now I'm just, just trying to do my part now and really just give back and and see how much I can do, you know, with this time I have left on earth, man. So it's just, it's been fun. You say it, I got a lot going on, but I just feel like, look, it is, as long as I have these things going on that are bettering other people, I, I have no problem with it. Well, there you go. That's uh, the most interesting man in the world, Nolan Carroll, ladies and gentlemen. If you if you haven't followed him on Twitter, by the way, uh, he's got all kinds of fun, like motivational quotes that'll make you want to run through a wall. Uh, but everything that you're talking about in terms of like D3 athletes and everything else, and if the offer doesn't come, it doesn't mean life is over. You're absolutely right. I mean, there's just so much going on. And, you know, I can barely remember being 18 at this point. I'm in my thirties and uh, I didn't even start being a stand-up comedian until I was 30. And uh, that was life-changing for me to get on stage and start doing that. And then start traveling the country, uh, telling jokes for a living. I couldn't believe that people were paying me to just do what I wanted to do naturally. Didn't even know I wanted to do that until I was 30 years old. So for anybody listening that thinks that for whatever reason, 18, 19, 20 defines your life. I mean, there's certain actions that can, I guess, but uh, it ain't over. It can change in a heartbeat uh, in a positive way here. But you had mentioned, Nolan, that you played at the highest level and you absolutely did. So uh, I actually wanted to play a game with you and it's called the Nolan Carroll game. All right. I've got five questions about you, okay. about your playing career. And I want to know how well you know yourself uh, oh, and how you play. Now, these are all centered around the Miami Dolphins. I mean, you had a, an outstanding career away from the Dolphins, but this is welcome to Perfectville, baby. We're talking Miami Dolphins football. So this is all related to the Miami Dolphins. And I want to know if you can, how many questions about you do you know? Uh, are you ready? Let's go. All right. So with your time with the Miami Dolphins, you intercepted five different quarterbacks. Can you name three of those five quarterbacks? Cam Newton. Yep. Can't come to me. Jesus, I can't remember the other one. Oh, Mark Sanchez, bam. Mark Sanchez, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Cam Newton are three of the five. Do you know the other two for extra credit? These are tough ones. I had to look these ones up. Gosh. Uh, no, I couldn't even remember right now. Brandon Whedon of the formerly Washington Redskins and uh, Thad Lewis from the Buffalo Bills. That is Lewis. Right. Love Buffalo. I love playing against Buffalo, man. Well, you'd love playing against Buffalo because you uh, I think Fitzpatrick was playing with Buffalo at the time when you picked him off, and then you had Thad Lewis as well. So uh, we loved when you played against Buffalo, <laughs> apparently, there. So, yeah, Mark Sanchez, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Brandon Whedon, Cam Newton, Thaddeus Lewis. You get one out of five so far. Congratulations. You got those three. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, you played against him, obviously, just retired. He, it, it, No matter where he went, the dude is a favorite of, like, nine different fan bases. 
Uh, looking at his numbers, it's iffy. I don't think people look at him as a Hall of Famer. What do you think? Is Ryan Fitzpatrick a Hall of Famer? I don't know, man. If you're comparing with rings and, and comparing them to Brady, I would say no. But as far as just a, a great locker room guy, somebody that brought intensity, I remember just playing against him and you always had to be on your A game because you never knew when Fitzmagic was going to come out. I don't care if they were on a three-game losing streak. He would come out there and just start slinging it. And that was one of the things that really made him special. He was fearless. And you could just tell, man, just by the emotion that he gave within the game and how long he played. And each step of the way where he went, guys centered around him. Even when he was down in Miami, he was playing well. And then Tampa, he's playing well. Yeah. And you know, one of those things where he's just a great guy. So if we're looking at statistics – Maybe honorable mention, but I don't. I wouldn't say just because he played a long time doesn't mean he's in the Hall of Fame. But as far as being a great player, I respect him a lot, man, because he really he, he made me make sure I was on my A game all the time. Look, I mean, if you just look at the stats, it's probably a no. But uh, I was never a believer in Fitzmagic until he completed that pass against the Las Vegas Raiders when his head was getting ripped off and somehow came back to beat the Raiders, which is another team that I just can't stand growing up here in the Bay Area. So at that point, I was like, put that guy in the Hall of Fame. Give, name the Hall of Fame after him. Just call it the Fitzmagic Hall of Fame. Um, okay, so not only did you intercept Ryan Fitzpatrick, Cam Newton, Mark Sanchez, and everybody that we talked about, but uh, you weren't just a one-trick pony. You actually got some sacks as well. You were a tackle machine with the Miami Dolphins. When I looked it up, you had three different quarterbacks that you got in the backfield. Can you name at least one of the quarterbacks that you sacked? Mike Lennon. Mike, Mike Lennon Glenn. is exactly right. Uh, and the other two. Uh, Mark Sanchez. Again. Mark Sanchez, exactly right. Man, it was Thad Lewis. And no Thad Lewis, there it is. Thad Lewis and Mark Sanchez go to bed at night, and they have nightmares about Nolan Carroll. I mean, your first interception and your first sack of your career was against Mark Sanchez. That guy's just like, you know what? I don't want to talk to Nolan Carroll anymore. I don't want to see Nolan Carroll. If I'm in traffic, he's probably going to cut me off and take the last parking spot. Mark Sanchez wants nothing to do with Nolan Carroll. And Thad Lewis, I mean, you got him. You got him for an interception and a sack in the same game. He's probably looking around going, who is Nolan Carroll? And we're going, who is Thad Lewis? But uh, you got both of those guys. So a little bit of intersection of sacking and intercepting of the AFC East. You, you were a beast against those guys. I appreciate you for that. Okay, so uh, I got a couple questions about the draft. So, so far, two for five, right? We got three more questions. Nolan Carroll's just killing it in the Nolan, Nolan Carroll game here. Uh, you were drafted in the fifth round, number 145 overall. Since you were drafted in 2010, there have only been two other defensive backs drafted at 145 overall. Can you name one of them? From Miami? It, just in general, in the NFL. But as a clue, one of them was drafted by Miami. 145. This is a tough one. This is a, You might get two points if you can get this one. Man. The only other guys I know that was like fifth round picks is Sherm. Richard Sherman was one of them, but he was a year after me. Rashad was in the same draft class as, as me as a fifth round guy, but as pick 145, I couldn't even know. This is a tough one. So uh, that's okay. This one isn't even more. This is less of a Nolan Carroll than more just general NFL knowledge. But Steve Williams, who went to Cal, was drafted by the Chargers in 2013. And Bobby McCain, drafted by the Dolphins, 145. Just like you in 2015, five years after you. So, there you go. Well, okay. So, look, you you know, you you must have seen my notes here because you already answered one of the next questions that I was going to have. You were one of two defensive backs and two players by the Miami Dolphins drafted in 2010 in the fifth round. Can you name the other? Rashad Jones. Rashad Jones. I mean, I don't even remember who our general manager was that year, but... Jeff Ireland. 
Jeff Ireland did fantastic in the fifth round of that year, I would think. I mean, Rashad Jones and Nolan Carroll in the same uh, same draft class. Uh, can you name the other people that were drafted in your draft class? Do you remember or do you keep in uh, touch with those guys? Yeah, they'll do. Jared Audrey, obviously, was the first round. Uh, Cole Misi, he was yeah. the second. Um, John Jerry was third rounder. Fantastic. Myself, Rashad were in the fifth round. Uh, sixth round, I want to say it was either it was a linebacker. It was Austin Spitler. Uh, was, it, was it Spitler? Or was it AG, AG, AJ Eds? AJ, AJ was a fourth rounder. Oh, that's uh, right. That's right. Yeah. Spittler I think you're right. It was Spitler. Yeah, Spitler was a seventh rounder. I think we might have had two seventh rounders. I forgot the other guy's name, but we stayed. I, we were a pretty strong draft class that year as far as like guys that had longevity in the league and stayed in Miami. And I, I, I think, shoot, that was a great class, man, because we all just like to work hard. We were all captains, and, and I didn't realize this. We were all captains in college. And I think that's why we got drafted, because of that leadership qualities that we were able to kind of display, which I think was special. So when it came time for us to lead, it wasn't hard. You know, we just led by example. We all worked hard, and I think those qualities really helped us play as long as we did in the NFL. I didn't realize that you guys were all captains in college. That that definitely had to play into you know, oh, yeah. the factor of what Jeff Allen was looking for back then. Uh, fantastic, by the way, picking up everybody in that draft class. That was uh, that was good. Now, I got one more question for you. You are three for four at this point. That was kind right. of a trick question with the, uh, with the 145. That was kind of mean, but you got the Rashad Jones. You know who you sacked. You know who you picked off. Uh, last question here. You wore number 28. For the Miami Dolphins. Huh. You wore different numbers for the Eagles as well as the Cowboys. But you wore number 28 for the Miami Dolphins. Can you name two other players for the Miami Dolphins, either before or after, that also wore number 28? I say after. It, it, it would, uh, man, Bobby McCann was, was after me. That's one, yep. Before, I want to say Nate Jones. Before me. I don't see Nate Jones on the list. My list is right, but there's there's plenty. I'll give you I'll give you a couple more guesses here. Help me out. Okay. Well, we've got. Let's see. Uh, who's, oh, okay. This guy wore it directly after you, and he was a running back for the Broncos before coming to the Miami Dolphins. He was here for a short amount of time. Oh, was it No Sean? No Sean Moreno. There you go. Forgot about. Yeah, he was 28. He, he actually, he, he looked great in uh, preseason. I think he got injured like game one or something, and then uh, we just didn't get a chance to, to see him after that. But yeah, he wore 28. Uh, actually, the year after after you uh, moved on to Philadelphia, he came in and wore 28. Uh, you also had Travis Miner out of Florida State, Jesse Chapman, um, Gene Atkins, who's Geno Atkins' father um, back yeah. in the day. And then, uh, yeah, just a whole bunch of guys here. Uh, Hubert Ginn. Um, I, I, you know, looking at this is funny. I found an article. They're talking about who wore it best, basically. And I think you're on the list of like top three of uh, Nolan Carroll's number 28. Got you. I, I fought against so much press. That's probably why I'm number three on the list. Well, <laughs> but hey, it's all good. As long as I'm on there. They held it. it. See, they couldn't keep you off the list. They might have suppressed you a little bit because of the, uh, yeah. you know, the combativeness, but they couldn't, they couldn't keep you off. But. Yeah. Let's not bury the lead here. The lead is four out of five. That is a passing grade no matter where you are. Nolan Carroll knows Nolan Carroll, ladies and gentlemen. Four out of five. Congratulations. I figured the 145 was going to stump you. I thought maybe, just maybe, I'd get you on the sacks and the interceptions. But no, uh, you know your stats. You know who you beat up over there in the league, and I appreciate that. 
Uh, Nolan Carroll, thank you very much for joining us here in the town of Perfectville. Always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. And uh, just let everybody know your socials. Let them know where they can find you. I know you're going to be at the Tiki Party in Fort Lauderdale, uh, but uh, let everybody know how they can get a hold of you if they can get a hold of you. Yeah, definitely, Sam. Across all platforms, it's Carroll City. I think it's just easy for people to remember when I was down in Miami. Carroll City was the, the spot. Everybody kind of knew rappers, everybody being from. So my name, Carroll, C-A-R-R-O-L-C-I-T-Y. And it's on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I just got on there now, so I'm just figuring it out. But you can find me on those platforms with that name. I mean, I don't have TikTok, but if you're going to start dancing, I, uh, I might sign up and just <laughs> screenshot some things. And I'm going to try on this summer, see if he can teach me some things. Uh, all right. Well, uh, you can check him out on all the socials. Carroll City there. Nolan Carroll, former Miami Dolphins defensive back and special teams ace. This guy used to return kicks as well, which is like the scariest thing ever for me. But uh, uh, t- stick around. We'll be back right after these words. You've been to patchvibes.com yet? What? You haven't? Why not? Everyone knows patchvibes.com has the greatest Miami Dolphins swag, gear, patches, mugs, everything you can possibly want of any website ever. So what the hell are you doing? Why haven't you been there? Go there now. Stop what you're doing. Pause this podcast. Go to patchvibes.com right now and go get yourself some nice Miami Dolphins gear. Shirts, tank tops, hats, patches, stickers, anything and everything you or anybody else in your family that's a Miami Dolphins fan could possibly want is at patchvibes.com. So go there and then come back and finish the show. You're welcome. And we're back. Welcome to Perfectville. Sam Marku, Chris Cullen on assignment, part of the Believe Network streaming on Sirius XM. Special thanks to Nolan Carroll, who, uh, if you couldn't quite figure that out, ladies and gentlemen, knows his Nolan Carroll stats. Congrats to Nolan Carroll. Four out of five on the Nolan Carroll game. Joining us here on the Town of Perfectville yet again. Check out his own podcast. Check out his rum. Check out everything the man's doing. Like I said, the most interesting man in the world, Mr. Nolan Carroll, joining us uh, just a little bit ago. And not a whole lot like I talked about. We talked about the Sean Payton news or non-news. There's not a whole lot there. Uh, But I do want to turn my attention to what I talked about in the first segment, which is this is a quarterback-driven league, ladies and gentlemen. And the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins is Tua Tungavailoa. And recently... Our very own Tyreek Hill, who, by the way, if you'd like, you can get your own Cheetah Deuces t-shirt at shop.believe.com. Extra small, all the way up to 2XL, 20 bucks, Heather Gray, white and black. Check it out. Support the show. Proceeds go to a good cause, which is myself and Chris Cullen. Anyway, shameless plug aside, Tyreek Hill recently came out and said that Patrick Mahomes, quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, his former quarterback, has a stronger arm than Tua Tungavailoa. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. But Tyreek said that Tua is more accurate than Patrick Mahomes and that Tyreek prefers accuracy over arm strength, which makes sense in a league where you need to be accurate in order to place the ball in a very, very tight window before defensive backs are able to close and knock the ball down or intercept it. So accuracy is king when you are a starting quarterback in the NFL, much more so than even in college football, where when you're wide open, you are wide open. You don't get that wide open very often in the NFL. And as Mike McDaniel, our coach said, arm strength is great, but unless you have the greatest offensive line of all time, there's no reason to throw the ball 80 yards. It makes more sense to be able to complete the pass 15 yards down and let the guy run 
as opposed to 80 yards down, which would take you probably four to five seconds standing in the pocket for that receiver to get down there and able to chuck the ball down 80 yards. You don't see it happen very often. We talk about the long ball. You don't see it happen that often in the NFL. The game is too quick. The defense is too good to where you can. it's very rare to be able to sit in that pocket for three, four, five seconds and be able to chuck the ball down and have that wide receiver wide open, by the way. It happens, sure, but very, very rarely. So this is controversial because a lot of folks are coming out, including James Jones, who said there's absolutely nothing that Tua Tungo Vailoa does better than Patrick Mahomes. And we're seeing people say, well, this is called the new girlfriend syndrome where Tyreek is now, quote unquote, dating Tua. So, of course, Tua is going to be hotter, sexier than Patrick Mahomes. And there may be a little bit to that. I mean, Tyreek Hill may be a little bit of a hype man when it comes to his own teammates, which, by the way, is not a bad thing. Ladies and gentlemen, you want Tyreek coming out and supporting our quarterback. You want Tyreek coming out saying Mike McDaniel is the right head coach for him personally. You wouldn't want Tyreek coming out going, ah, Mike McDaniel's okay. I don't know. I don't really get along with him. And Tua's, eh, he's kind of middle of the road. I prefer Patrick Mahomes, but I'm here now and they paid me and that's why I'm here. No, you wouldn't want that. That wouldn't be a good teammate. A good teammate comes out and points out the things that his other, his now current teammates do well. And in this case, Tua is a very accurate passer. So yes, he's going to point that out. Is he more accurate than Patrick Mahomes? I don't know. I don't know that that's necessarily true, but I don't really care. I mean, I guess I care, but my point is I care that Tyreek is going out and hyping up Tua. I care that Tyreek is going out and hyping up Mike McDaniel. I care that Tyreek is going out and hyping up the Miami Dolphins. He is bringing a bunch of good press to the Miami Dolphins, and I'm here for it. Now, to what James Jones said, that there's nothing that Tua Tungavailoa does better than Patrick Mahomes, I take umbrage with that, and here's why. Tua Tungavailoa's brother, way better human being than Patrick Mahomes' brother. Did you hear what Tua Tungavailoa's girlfriend slash wife said the other day? No, you didn't, because they're not all over Instagram flaunting their stupidity like Patrick Mahomes' wife does. So yes, I can think of at least two things that are going on in Tua Tungavailoa's life that are better than Patrick Mahomes. Sorry, Brittany. Sorry, Patrick's little brother. But you guys are absolutely annoying and batshit crazy at times and proving me right and James Jones wrong. But it just goes to prove what I said earlier in this show, that this is a quarterback driven league, which is why I talk about Tua on every single episode, because it helps get people listening to the show, which is ultimately what I'm looking to do. And of course, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and of course, Sirius XM. And that's going to do it for this episode of Welcome to Perfect Bill. Chris Cohen will be joining us next week. We'll get the band back together, talking about all things Miami Dolphins. Should any news break, we'll be on top of it. Special thanks yet again to Mr. Nolan Carroll. Check him out on all social media at Carroll City. And until then, since there is nothing else left to say, the only thing left that I will say is goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.